how do you feel about change? If you're like a lot of people, you might dread it or resist it or be exhausted from it. But as a leader, you've got to anticipate change and even create it. Stay tuned. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of episodes. As a quick recap, a couple of weeks ago, we aired an episode on the topic of complacency. It was about how to manage complacency and better understand habits with Sharon Lipinski, who's an expert in habits. And then I did a solo episode on how to stop ruminating about problems because rumination is a form of habit and one that seems to be difficult to break for many people. It's a common experience that frustrates a lot of leaders that I know. I see it often with leaders who are under constant stress and they're struggling to to break that pattern of negative thinking about a problem that consumes them 24-7. So I recorded a, a short episode on that. And then it got me thinking more about how to break patterns that don't serve you and, more importantly, open more easily to change, not just responding to change, but actually creating change. I'm guessing that you're listening today because you already buy into the idea that developing a change mindset is important, but I would go so far as to say it's imperative as a leader in today's world. I think a change mindset is one that allows you to not only adapt to change well, but to anticipate and leverage change and even welcome it. Maybe you understand how important having a change mindset is, but other people in your organization or on your team still don't get it. You're feeling that resistance. I looked at one study that said 70% of change efforts fail outright, often because of employee resistance. And then another report that said that it's likely that 20% of your team or your group will be change friendly. 50% will be neutral, in other words, kind of wait and see what happens, and then 30% will be resistant. So it's a huge issue. A lot of times you'll, you'll note the resistance because you hear sarcasm, or people are missing meetings, or you hear more criticism. Um, Even sabotage can happen when people are resisting change. So I thought we could explore some of the common thoughts or beliefs that you or they may have about change. You know, the word change is such a trigger word for many people. It's often not associated with something that's good. When you look up words that are opposite of change, you see words like stagnation, stall, hold on, linger, cling, maintain, stabilize, save, and even survive. That's the word that stood out most to me, because if survival is believed to be the opposite of change, it implies that change threatens survival. And as human beings, we really want to survive. So what are your thoughts about change? It's important to consider. Your thoughts create your beliefs, and your beliefs create your actions. Here's some beliefs about change that I think can serve you well if you're able to internalize them. One, change is the norm. When you believe that change is normal, then you're not surprised by it. It's not the exception that derails everything um, and puts people in a tailspin. 
you know, we're so used to these long cycles in business with so little disruption. But over the past few years, there's been increasing disruption. And it's just the new way of how we're operating. So it's it's so important to just see that this is normal. This is what we're expecting now. We're not expecting to go back to the to the longer, more stable periods that we may have had in the past. Another belief you might hold is change is good, that it's necessary to fuel growth. Another powerful belief is that change can create new momentum. People fear change because they think it will interrupt them. It will stop their momentum, but it can actually create new positive momentum that's needed. So change can be healthy. Change is winning. I believe a change mindset is a muscle that needs to be exercised. It's not this one-time thing. You don't just say, okay, great, we got through that change. Now let's get back to work. You prepare for the next one. It's not like you're going on a train in a straight line on a track that's laid out for you. It's more like you're on a sailboat or even a surfboard where you've got to be shifting based on the winds and what's happening around you. Be willing to change your mind based on new ideas and new perspectives. It's not about being right. It's about getting to a goal. So many times when there is disruption or change, there's a lot of time that can be wasted with people trying to argue about who's right. There's so so many problems that come from that, wasting time and energy and even weakened relationships. One distinction that you can make when you're, when you're in the heat of debating over what's right or wrong or what needs to be changed is to determine if you're arguing over the what or the how. Or a variation of that would be the where or the how. In other words, where's the real disagreement here? Are you disagreeing about where you're trying to go? Or is it how you're trying to get there? That's a really important distinction to make, especially in the midst of change, because it's it's very common that people have different points of view and uh, different perspectives on what they think is the right way to go, or even the right goal that we should have. In some cases, your goal will stay the same. There are just differences in the way that you need to get there. You might need to take a different path to reach your goal. In other cases, you might need to rethink your goal completely. Priorities have changed or should change. So those are some conversations that you can have that can be uh, really productive with your team. Remember, change is a trigger word for some people. So if you can help your team kind of welcome the idea of at least having a conversation about change, knowing that they are contributing to that, you'll get their buy-in. And I suggest that you have some type of you know invitation to a co-creation meeting or a co-creative process where you're bringing your team together to talk about the issues and get their input. In my work with leaders, I see the most successful having three key qualities. Um, There are three observations that I see, at least. One is they like to learn. They're not afraid to learn. I just spoke with a 75-year-old woman business owner recently, and we were talking about how, how things have changed over the years. And she said, well, I'm not afraid to learn anything. All this new technology, I'm going to figure it out. And I thought that was such a healthy attitude to have. So if you can challenge yourself in all areas of your life and your work to keep learning, that's a great way to be able to navigate change more easily. You're not afraid of it. Uh, Another key quality that I think people have who manage change well is that they focus on what they can do versus what they can't do. You know, and I think of my mom as an example. She's really struggled um, with some health issues lately and seems to talk a lot about everything that she can't do anymore. And 
you know, when having conversations with her, it's, it's so important to get her to see what she can still do, even at her advanced age, to see what she can do, how she can be helpful, how she can still do some things that are important to her. Um, the same with your team, you know, when they are disrupted, when systems aren't working, if there are mergers, acquisitions, um, organizational shifts, people leaving the team, whatever the case may be, it's so important to say, here's what we can do. And, and have that be your focus to help you move forward, not what you can't do. And then the third quality is they have optimism. They believe something good is coming. Some people even make it a game. They kind of keep it light and they're not overreactive. You know, when they see change happen, or when there's that new announcement about some organizational change, they say, oh, okay, here's the next change. <laughs> they just see it as an opportunity, not as an obstacle. Um, so they're able to withstand the changes more easily by not overreacting. And here's just a bonus tip when you're in the midst of change and talking with your team is to watch your language. Sometimes we think that there's an either or choice or, or there's a black and white kind of path that you need to decide between. So instead of saying, you know, we must decide between this or that, try using words like explore. We need to explore what our options are, or we, we need to make the best decision for now based on what we know now. You know, not all decisions are final. In fact, even those decisions that say they're final, don't believe it. <laughs> you just never know what can happen. Um, instead of using words like, you know, we've got to stick with the plan, you might say, we've got to see where we can modify the plan or what variation of the plan can work. Um, instead of saying, this is a problem we've got to solve, you know, that's my favorite uh, line to combat. It's, this is the opportunity that we can really uncover, or a new possibility that we can discover, what might we be overlooking. So uh, how you reframe difficulty in the midst of change in your leadership role, the language that you use is critical. Uh, here, here are key actions that you can take, and I came up with four. When you are in a position where some kind of change is happening uh, to help you be most effective, one is catch yourself when you're resisting, notice that, you know, everything starts with self-awareness. You might even write down the belief that you hold at that moment that's bothering you. You know, when you, when you hear some kind of change that's been announced and you think, oh, you know, maybe I'll have to lose some people on my team, or maybe my own job is at stake, or, or maybe it's, um, I'm concerned about who I'm going to have to report to next. So whatever your concerns are, whatever your beliefs are, write them down and then Challenge yourself to say, what could I believe instead that would be more empowering? Maybe you could believe that this is your opportunity to recreate your role or to have some conversations with some people to make sure that you're getting the facts, but to not get, not get all, um, like I said before, to not be overreactive, catch yourself when you're in resistance mode. Second key action to, is to anticipate what's coming. And I love doing that with your team. Get them involved. They need to understand the importance of anticipating what could happen and practicing that skill instead of being so caught up in doing just the day-to-day -day work. So you might want to even build that into some of your regular team meetings is we're, we're going to have some time spent where we're just anticipating what could happen over, the say, the next six months. Um the third key action is to take a small action, start small. Sharon talked about that when I think she referred to them as micro habits. Uh, the tiniest habit that you can create or one small step can actually help you gain some momentum going in a new direction. So don't feel overwhelmed in the midst of change, thinking that you've got some uh, huge 
you know, new mountain that you have to conquer, just take one small step. And then finally, talk about the benefits of the impact of the change, how it will help us. Um, You know, maybe it's converting to that new system. It's easy to whine or complain when you're in the midst of making some kind of major change. As a leader, you've got to keep your team focused on the horizon, the benefit where that's ultimately leading you. So those were some of my thoughts on key actions you can take. Catch yourself when you're resisting, anticipate what's coming, start small, and then talk about the benefits of the change, especially with your team. Now, I know that change is a broad concept, and it's important to make a distinction between small changes that may not be as impactful versus big changes that can be really disruptive, uh, that are a really big deal. Um, I spoke to one leader recently who confessed she likes to be dramatic. Um, And I said, that's good awareness, but that probably doesn't help you or your team when you're under stress or going through change. Um, The truth is we're changing all the time. Change is happening outside us and inside us. We're responding to experiences, weighing what we like and don't like, what we want more of or less of in our life and work. And this is actually a good thing. If you see this as an opportunity to create whatever leadership role makes sense for you, given where you are and what you want now, you don't think you can create that? That's just a belief that you have that's not serving you, that you need to change. You might need to change how you see your role as a leader. You might need to change how you see what's even possible for yourself or the impact that you think you can make. You know, it's interesting to see the shift of, of even what leaders are expected to be in today's world. You know, there's the old school kind of leadership model where uh, leaders were thought to, thought to be directive, strong, kind of tough-minded, more extroverted, dominating, taking charge, you know, kind of having this bold confidence, uh, making sure that, you know, they're working the plan, trying to protect uh, the organization from disruption, staying the course. And now the new way of leading is all about being flexible and listening as opposed to directing, uh, having the willingness to give and receive feedback. And that's that should be a regular practice uh, as opposed to annual review processes that are clearly out of date and ineffective, especially given the fast pace of change today. A lot of organizations are still using that kind of old school practice, knowing that they're not effective because they haven't adapted to the modernized approach that requires more coaching and feedback throughout the year. It works so much better. Leadership in today's times, you know, the the emphasis is on empathy, having more of a quiet confidence, not this ego-driven kind of personality, more mission-driven. Now the expectation is that you be a change agent to actually facilitate change, even thinking of yourself as a chief reinvention officer, as I'll talk about in some upcoming episodes. Really excited about that. So as I sign off today, I just remind you that there's one constant in all the change that you experience and that constant is you. So that's more reason to steady yourself, to ground yourself in who you are, what you care about, so that you can withstand disruption and flow with change happening around you or to you, and ultimately be a positive change creator. There's so much power that you have in your mind and body that may be untapped to help you become more change-minded. I hope this episode has been helpful to get you thinking more about your own mindset related to change. I encourage you to continue to develop your change mindset so you can ride the waves ahead and help your team do the same. They're not going away. Until next time, have a great rest of the week, creating positive change and doing the work that matters to you. 
Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.